Good morning. If you would be opening your Bibles to Judges chapter 2. Judges chapter 2 is where we will be reading from to take our context for our lesson today. It's good to see everyone out upon this first day of the week to sing songs of praise unto God, to worship Him, and shortly to partake of the Lord's Supper. The Lord has blessed us with another beautiful first day of the week in which we as members of this congregation can come together and you as visitors, we're thankful very much for your presence. You are our honored guest. We want to invite you back at any opportunity that you can to be with us. At this time, Lakeside is looking for a new man and his family to come and work with us at this congregation. And we are some four and a half months into that process. <clears throat> we're diligently seeking on that and praying for the Lord's help in that. And we pray that that will come quickly. For those of you who are visitors know that I am not a public speaker by any means. The members here know that. So I will make mistakes. I will stumble as I go along. So bear with me on that. We'll look from God's word and help take these teachings today and apply them to our lives. This morning I want to sound an alarm to this congregation, a familiar alarm. I want to set a scene of an emergency to each and every one of us at this congregation. This time, if you would, open your Bibles to Judges chapter 2, verses 8 through 15. Please listen to your Bible as we read. Then Joshua, the son of Nun, the servant of the Lord, died at the age of 110. And they buried him in the territory of his inheritance in Timoth Harris, in the hill country of Ephraim, north of Mount Gash. All that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals. And they forsook the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and follow other gods from among the gods of the peoples whom were around them, and bowed themselves down to them. Thus they provoked the Lord to anger. So they forsook the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtaroth. The anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he gave them into the hands of plunders, who plundered them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them, so they could no longer stand before their enemies. Therefore they went, wherever they went, the hand of the Lord was against them for evil. As the Lord has spoken, and as the Lord has sworn to them, so they were severely distressed." Brethren, there are several passages within the Bible that causes the neck, the hair on the back of one's neck to stand, and this passage certainly does. Verse 10 of this reading, now myself as a parent, well, it hits me square in the chest. Brothers, sisters, brethren here at Lakeside, let's read this verse again. Verse 10, all that generation also were gathered to their fathers. Now listen to this part. And another generation rose up after them who did not know the Lord, nor even the work which he had done for Israel. Think about what is being told to us here in this passage. There was a generation who served God and served God faithfully. Then there was another generation. When the elder generation passed away, the next generation, as the passage says, knew not the Lord. From one generation to the next, one knew the Lord, knew about the Lord, had relationship with the Lord, 
And then the remainder in the verse says, the next generation they did not know the Lord. How does this passage set with you this morning as you read it? Does this passage bother you? Does the possibility of this reality cause you to take notice? Parents, grandparents, Bible class teachers, fellow members here at Lakeside, do I have your attention yet this morning? I'm not telling you something that you do not already know, but I think, I think the first thing we need to do is to face this head on. Not acknowledging that this could be a problem for other parents' kids, but I need to face this as a real and present danger for my children, for Josh, for Caitlin, and for Macy, and for you as fellow members likewise. This warning that we read of, it is a very real warning and needs to be personal for each and every one of us. I will say this loud and clear this morning about our children. The stakes couldn't be any higher. For a few minutes this morning, I want us to see the wrongs that happened, within, happened with the next generation and acknowledge what went wrong so that we can avoid these same mistakes. And hopefully, we can see there are better options resulting in better outcomes. The prior older generation, as we referenced, God led them with much success. They crossed the river, into the, uh, the river Jordan into the Promised Land. They conquered Jericho by faith. In Joshua 24, you will recall, as the people have settled into the Promised Land, Joshua, just prior to his death, instruct the family, instruct the people to serve God. Josh personally and famously makes his stand and his intentions known in Joshua 24, verses 14 through 15. Now therefore, fear the Lord and serve him in sincerity and truth, and put away the gods which your fathers served beyond the river and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. If it is disagreeable in your sight to serve the Lord, choose for yourself today whom you will serve, whether the gods which your fathers served, which were beyond the river, or the gods of the Amorites, in whose land you are living. living. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Is this part here at the end not so good? As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Do you remember that generation's response? Do you remember the elder generation's response to Joshua's exhortation? Continuing in verses 16 through 18, the people would say, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. For the Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage, and who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us through all the way in which we went and among all the peoples through whom midst we passed. The Lord drove up, drove out, from before us, all the peoples, even the Amorites, who lived in the land. We also will serve the Lord, for he is our God. Notice there at the end of verse 18, for we will serve the Lord. Why? For he is our God, Joshua and the children would say. If you're reading this for the first time, you would certainly think this generation would continue, and generation after generation would follow and serve faithfully. But unfortunately, we as Bible students know this is not how it will turn out. Not even close, in fact, at all, the exact opposite. 
Let's go back to Judges chapter 2 where we started and let's make some observation. Parents, let's take these examples to heart. Bible class teachers, Lakeside, let's take these examples to heart. This next generation, next generation, just one generation later, became the generation that knew not the Lord. Looking back at verse 10, we read again, All that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and there arose another generation after them who did not know the Lord, nor yet the work which he had done for Israel. The next generation had forgotten who the Lord was and what he had done for their forefathers. Remember that we just read in Joshua 24 and verse 14 when Joshua charges the children of Israel to serve God and to do away with the gods their fathers had served. Moving down in the text in verse 16, the people would answer and say, Far be it from us that we should forsake the Lord to serve other gods. The Lord our God is he who brought us and our fathers up out of the land of Egypt from the house of bondage. And who did these great signs in our sight and preserved us through all the way in which we went and among all the peoples who were, whose midst we passed. <clears throat> this was a big deal as the Israelites had been slaves in the land of Egypt. They cried out for deliverance and God delivered them by his power, by his might, and by his mercy. They remember what the Lord had done by driving out all the Amorites. This elder generation knew the power of God as they witnessed it all. Again in verse 18, the Lord drove out from before us all the peoples, even the Amorites who lived in the land. We also will serve the Lord for he is our God. This elder generation not only witnessed the power of God, but they knew the power of the Lord from witnessing it all. Then the very next generation comes along, still reaping the benefits that God had done prior, enjoying the promised land in which God had provided, but they still were not crediting their blessings to the mighty hand of God. So I ask this morning, how many times are we guilty of the same thing? How often do we just consume, consume, not once giving God the credit? That's what's happening here. The next generation, as we referenced, they were living in houses they did not build. Parents, how many opportunities do we miss each day with our youngest children? How often do we fail to help our children connect the dots? This generation that did not know the Lord did not know what the Lord had done for their forefathers. Brethren, let's get real practical today here in 2021. Are we not so so very blessed. This is very simple to see, but how often do we fail at this? Showing our children the Lord's blessings and connecting the dots to see how all our blessings come from God. That seems so simple. One might say, well, I think they know. Do they really know? Parents, here's my concern today. We assume that they know. Making a point to myself as to other parents, how often do we stop and make a direct point to our children? Getting real simple, where does our food come from? Do they know who provides our, clothings, our clothing, our homes, even our jobs that we can work to provide for ourselves? Do they know? 
When God sends the rain and the sunshine, do they connect the dots, realizing that the rain will eventually help crops to grow and bring food to our table? Do our children associate the rain with God? One might say, well, Adam, that's obvious. I say, well, is it? So when is it too early to start this with our children in mind? This next generation we've been reading about, they were living in the land they did not conquer and homes they did not build. Why did it not dawn on them this is a result of the mighty hand of God? I'm stating today that when it comes to what God has done for us, parents and grandparents, church members, it needs to be said and it needs to be taught. We must help our young folks to connect the dots, not just with everyday needs, but our children need to know what God has done for them spiritually. I understand that an individual's spiritual understanding and maturity level differ with age, so how young is it to teach them and instill in them that Jesus loves me? How young is too young to instill that God created everything like the sun, the moon, and the stars? How young does one need to be to know that Jesus loves all the little children of the world? Red and yellow, black and white, they are all precious in his sight. Brethren, we need to be teaching our children intentionally about David and Goliath about Mount Carmel, the walls of Jericho, why God had to cause a flood that would destroy and kill all mankind, lest Noah and his family, why Jesus died on the cross for the sins of all mankind, and that God created all and is so very real. As parents, we need to be studying God's word with our children. People have asked for years, well, where do I start with my children? May I suggest, how about with their Bible lessons? Parents, be intentional working their lessons with them. Reviewing early in the week, one paragraph or one question per night. By the time they get to class, this has been spoken of several times and then will be reinforced. Building upon that week after week, year after year, they will be connecting the dots by lessons that are taught here in the pulpit. Here is where we begin to connect the dots and put small wins together and be certain for what God has done for them. When we put this all together, this is when we raise a generation that knows the Lord. Not just knows about the Lord, but a generation that has a relationship with the Lord. Friends, that's the real need for our next generation. Not corporate CFOs or attorneys, but Christians. Christians who love the Lord and serve the Lord with all that they have. There was a generation who knew not the Lord, and if we want to avoid that, we must be intentional about teaching them the things that God has done for them. How about to our middle school class? You're becoming of the age in which you can take ownership for preparing your lessons. Start with your Bible lesson and become knowledgeable of your lesson. Speak to God through prayer. Develop your, your prayer life talking to God at an early age. Paul would tell the young Timothy in 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15, Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of God. 
just one generation removed, and they knew not God, nor what God had done for them. Again, Judges 2 and verse 12 of our text. And they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt, and followed other gods from the gods of the peoples who were around them, and bowed down to them, so they provoked the Lord to anger. The children of Israel didn't fully drive out the Canaanites living among them, which resulted in ultimately being a forced labor, Judges 1, verse 33. They did not put them completely out. They watched the people worship the false gods. They got too close. Listen to me, young adults and teenagers. They got too close. This is how it works. We look, we like, we then want to participate. This is what happens when we get too close and we think in our mind, I can handle this. Parents, is the evil too close within our homes? Are the idols too close? Parents, it's our job to provide an environment within our home in which our children can learn and thrive spiritually. We are constantly assigning values within our lives. Consider when we assign more value to work, to school, and to play rather than to God. There is nothing wrong with these items in and of themselves. In fact, where they, they are. However, when those items have more value placed on them than more value have more value placed on them than worship upon the first day of the week, should we be surprised when they grow up and value these things of the world more so than the worship upon the first day of the week? We need to keep evil away from our children. Know that what they are watching through that smartphone within their bedroom, what they are listening to what friends' homes they are going to. We understand that it can't always be a no, so we need to replace those things with good, godly influences, like encouraging our children to spend time with other Christian children who have the same goals in mind. 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 14, Paul tells us about the evil influences of this world. Do not be bound or mismatched together with unbelievers. For what partnership have righteousness and lawlessness? Or what f fellowship has light with dark? Or what harmony has Christ with Belial? Or what has a believer in common with an unbeliever? Or what ag agreement has the temple of God with idols? For we are the temple of the living God. Just as God said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. And I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from your midst and be separate, says the Lord, and do not touch what is unclean, and I will welcome you. Verse 18, I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughters to me, says the Lord Almighty. God says to come out and be separate. The next generation failed to do that. Finally, the next generation, as we referenced, they failed to understand the destructive nature of sin. Go back with me again to Judges chapter 2 and verse 11 of our original text. The Bible would say in Judges chapter 2 and verse 11, actually let's start in verse 10 for the context, all that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and another generation rose up after them who did not know the Lord, 
nor even the work which he had done for Israel. So now let's focus on verse 11 and see the results that would come after verse 10. Then the sons of Israel did evil in the sight of the Lord and served the Baals, and they abandoned the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they follow other gods from the gods of the peoples who were around them, and bowed out of them, so they provoked the Lord to anger. They abandoned the Lord and served Baal and the Ashtaroth. Obviously, this generation failed God. They failed to know what God had done. We see the results. They did not drive out the evil from among them, and they did evil in the sight of the Lord, worshiping and serving Baal. They followed evil. They, they allowed evil influences to overtake them. To put it simply, they messed up. Every single one of us has sinned and fallen short and done the same. Every single one of us has put worthless things before God. That's common to all of us. And as much as it hurts to say, if any history is an indication of what will happen in the future, I will fail again, we will fail again. That is common to all of us. So let us consider this in Judges chapter 2. What if the verse had read like this? All that generation also were gathered to their fathers, and another generation rose up after them who knew the Lord and the work which he had done for Israel. Now let's focus on verse 11 and see the results thereof. Then the sons of Israel did honor in the sight of the Lord and served the living God. And they honored the Lord, the God of their fathers, who had brought them out of the land of Egypt. And they forsook other gods from the gods of their people who were around them, so they pleased the Lord all their days. They honored the Lord and served He only. What if the verse had read like that? Would it have not been so good? We need to do everything we can to fill our life with godly influences. Even if we do this, we still will not be perfect and we will still stumble. The Israelites failed to resist the temptation and fell into it. In those verses we read and then we can see that it did not work then and it will not work today. Do you remember the cycle of the judges? As we look back in history, we can clearly see the same cycle over and over. The Israelites would sin, as we all do. Instead of repenting, our passage tells us this in verse 14. Then the anger of the Lord burned against Israel, and he handed, hand, handed them over to plunders. And they plundered them, and he sold them into the hands of their enemies around them, so they could no longer stand against their enemies. Then through sinning, a period of suffering, which sin will always lead to suffering, the Israelites would experience the consequence of their sins. Then when they would hit rock bottom, when they would come to their senses, they would cry out to God for a Savior. They would beg for a Savior as they realized that God's ways works, and God would send them a judge. This cycle would occur over and over for some 300 years. They would sin... Through suffering, they would sin through suffering and be sorry, and God would send a judge. Young people, listen today. Sin brings suffering. We're going to sin, but we don't need to stay there. When we sin, we need to act, understand the sin, repent, and ask God for, for forgiveness. 
Why does mankind have such a hard time in saying that I'm wrong and I'm sorry? Even when times are tough, we are slow to change or to repent. Parents, we need to model this for our children, a culture within our homes that allows for repentance. For parents with older children, older children we know now they've figured us out. We are not superheroes any longer. They hear us say and watch us do things that they know that we should not. They see us administer uneven or non-existent, non-existent discipline from time to time and react in a manner that we should not. So parents, today my question is this, what then? What do they see? Let me encourage repentance. Parents, fathers, show your children how to pray to God, to humbly beg for forgiveness. Show your children it's okay to say that I'm wrong. I'm sorry. Help them to understand it not only disappoints us as parents, but ultimately it disappoints God as sin disappoints him. Fathers, pray with your children. Show them how to offer repentance. Consider 1 John 1, beginning in verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light. In him there is no darkness at all. If we claim to have fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the truth. But if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, purifies us from all sin. Verse 8, if we claim to be without sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. <coughs> Father, show your ch- Father, show your children how to respond to sin, how to humbly repent, to confess those sins to God, saying that I'm wrong, I'm sorry, but I'm going to do better. This generation that knew not the Lord, they did not know what God had done for them. They didn't separate themselves from the wicked and idolatrous influences and failed to understand the impact these influences had on them. As we close, we see it's not difficult to understand this generation set a course for years and years of pain, suffering, and unfaithfulness. But it didn't have to be that way. We can do better through the examples that have been provided, help avoid these things, replacing with faithful good things that God wants from us. Let us never forget that at any time we're never more than a generation away from a generation that knew not the Lord. Let's do all that we can with urgency. Thank you for listening so well today. As I mentioned, I'm not a polished public speaker, but I know the parents here, we desire to set a good example to get to heaven, and we as a church family desire the same. What a great blessing the Lord has given us from our children. This time, let's close the prayer. Our dear Father in heaven, we thank you for this first day of the week. We have to come together as a group of your believers. We thank you for our children we have at Lakeside. Help each of us here to understand the blessings we have provided to us. As Bible class teachers, grandparents, 
parents, fellow members looking out for each other, and to especially the fathers here. Help us to apply the examples given today of the Israelites who took for granted your blessings. Help us to see the example that this can happen in just a few years. So help us to be focused and aware of every precious soul that we have. Help us to teach them that if we lose heaven, we've lost it all. Becoming a Christian is the very best decision one can make in their life. And finding a Christian spouse to help them get to heaven is so important. All this that we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now the lesson today that we've brought has been one that we see the children of Israel did not obey God. So now we have the opportunity we teach here every time the plan of salvation. First, we hear the gospel of Christ being spoke in Romans 10 and verse 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. We then must believe in Jesus Christ out of what we've heard, Acts 2 and verse 36. Therefore, let all the house of Israel know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus, whom he have crucified. Then we must repent from our sins and turn to God, Luke 13, 3. No, I tell you, but unless you repent, you will all likewise perish. We then must confess Jesus before men. Romans 10, verse 9, that if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Finally, then we will be baptized for the forgiveness of our sins. Mark 16, 16. He that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be, shall be damned. Now at that point, then you can begin your life as a Christian. Begin being the key word. Day one is just the start. It's not over. We must be faithful unto death. Revelation 2 and verse 10. Be faithful unto death, and I will give you a crown of life. But as mankind, we will sin. We will fall short. Like the children of Israel that we talked about. But when we have sin, we need to repent of our error and pray to God for forgiveness. Acts 8 and verse 22. Therefore, repent of this wickedness of your sins and pray to the Lord. And if possible, the intention of your heart will be forgiven. Whatever you need today, come now as